Welcome back to the Canadian Gun Vault. This is your co-host, Coach Nick, along with <laughs> Mr. Morelli, because he wants to take, he throws it in my lap and thinks I can't do it. Well, there you go. Choke on your coffee. Oh, oh my God. Your, I hope it comes out your nose. You know what? Hope everybody's doing well. This is our next podcast. I'll Let's t- go. I'll tell you, man, if she marked this, if she marked this lid decaf and it's not, I'm going to be so pissed at you if I can't sleep tonight. But yeah. Yeah. You still wearing pink underwear too there, sweetie? <laughs> You know what? That's the last time you get me to spit out my coffee. All right. Are you ready now? I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Good lord. All right. So, um what what is it exactly that um you'd like to talk about cuz I noticed you got a piece of paper out there. I always <laughs> have a little piece of paper. I always have pieces of paper with scribbles on it. Right? So you've got some notes. I can tell that you're ready for it. Well, uh, I'm going to leave I'm going to leave probably the one Till last, because that's going to be the most controversial, potentially time-consuming part of this podcast. Th- really? Yes. Okay. Cool. So we'll, we'll leave that. We'll leave that till we last. Got, we got. We got. We got four batteries. I'm. A, I'm we're, <laughs> we're all set. Yeah, but I don't know if people want to have to go and like have a shower and eat dinner before they sit down and listen to the podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? Let's get. Let's get going. What's What's at the top of the list? Okay. So the first one. This has come out. This is something that occurred to me last week. Out of the many conversations you and I've had with respect to our um, professions. Yeah, okay. And it, 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 I've narrowed it down to expectations versus resources. Okay. And, and the, it seems like, based on conversations I've had with you about policing, based on conversations you've had with me about teaching and kind of bringing up to speed with what that's all about, that um, we share, uh, I shouldn't say we share, that the 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 struggle uh, okay. over time has been to fulfill or live up to expectations of your job, and it, it doesn't have to be necessarily um, policing or teaching. This can apply to uh, a number of different jobs is, is, is or, or lines of, of occupation. Is is fulfilling your expectation based on resources that you are given. And I, I mean, it's really topical for me right now. Yeah. And 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 I know it's been um, an issue for you. Yeah. Uh, when you were still employed in the line of of law enforcement. Yeah. And it still remains to uh, that this way, or sorry, still remains as such today, based on um, friends and former colleagues that are still working in in, in policing. Is mm-hmm. is the expectation continues to rise and the bar continues to rise? Yes. Without a corresponding uh, amount of resources to be able to allow you to fulfill those expectations. Yeah. Yeah. That was a little long-winded. Sorry about that. No, no, no. Not at all. I, I, I think it's an important subject. And I can tell you that in you know my 20 years of law enforcement, I no one had any greater respect for teachers than I. Uh, if for no other reason than your hands were tied in so many respects uh, in a way that mine were not. And uh, I always tip my hat to teachers. Uh, certainly, some of the greatest people in my life have yeah, been. Yeah, uh, but you know, it, it's it's and appreciate the kind words, but that's not what this is all about. This is all about just being able to. It could be anybody. Well, I'm just laying out the groundwork. I'm, right? I'm do, saying that I got a lot of respect for teachers. I think that you guys deserve to have uh, whatever you need in order to do your job properly. And uh, yeah, go. Oh, no, I was just going to say it's like it could it could be a garbage man. It doesn't matter. The job is is it, it seems like these days is is is, is um, more with less, pile, more, more with, with less. less. The pile more keeps getting the, 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 the plate, the, the amount of space on the plate 
keeps diminishing. Yep. And with, but you're still expected to do your job without being able to take anything off the plate to be able to manage your time and and the resources that you actually do have efficiently uh, to be able to do the best job that you can do regardless of what that job may be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I certainly I noticed it in policing. I mean, that was my saying, you know, the Hamilton police were doing more with less. Um, You know, anybody that's been uh, in service to the public knows that, you know, that, a lot of the services have been skimming on by and uh, you know I looked at policing first always because I was a a member of that um, you know brotherhood and sisterhood but I mean that's that's everybody across the board and you're absolutely correct Uh, there's the general consensus is like let's do more with less and I mean we we really have been in many ways living you know um, a life of excess when you think about it I mean instant information you know like instant delivery you know um, if I ever get anybody complaining that they had to wait you know two or three days for something I remember waiting like months <laughs> you know once upon oh, a time yeah. things have changed and I mean this generation oh. has been uh, coddled you know in so many ways <laughs> and that's kind of one of the things that Students that are new to my classroom never had me as a teacher before. When they come in in, in September, that's kind of one of those culture shocks. And mm-hmm. culture shocks when they enter Mr. H's room is like you, you need to learn patience. Oh yeah. And whether they like it or not, uh, they do because things don't happen instantaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think, and I kind of t- try to tie it in with organization. Mm-hmm. You need to be organized. I know you want something, and I acknowledge the fact that you need help with a math question, but you see me helping something right now, so guess what? This is how you're going to manage, effectively manage your time. You leave that question, draw a circle around number four so you know you, to go back to it, and go on to the next question that you do know, and then I'll get to you. That's all, you know, you can turn that into a teachable moment, right? Yeah, absolutely. But it, it, it's like, you know, you interrupt me. <laughs> You will sit down. <laughs> you keep interrupting me, you will sit down in the hall. Yeah. If you keep interrupting me, your parents will be coming in. We'll be talking about all the interrupting. So <laughs> it, typically it doesn't ever get to that point because they learn pretty quickly. It's like, no, no, you will wait your turn. Yeah. And if you have to sit there for five minutes with your hand up, you will do so. And it's, it's a bit of a struggle at the beginning. Yeah. For me too, sometimes. I'll bet. Right, but it is what it is, and it's like I I I do my damnedest try to break that cycle of instantaneous gratification because that's that's just you know I mean for the younger people, I mean that's what it's all about. But when you get into the workforce, that's not even close to the way things happen, especially with politics and bureaucracy and hey here's a perfect example trying to do a restricted transfer you need to be real damn patient when you're doing that especially in ontario (laughs) you know it it's not one of those things you can rush um you know the paperwork piles up uh i'm sure especially when the printers are i think is that printer still broken i don't know did they go get some more ink for it it? might be i'm trying to make excuses for the cfo's office when they when they say that a printer's broken for how many months oh god i I don't know (laughs) i I had to call recently about a thing and and the girl was great yeah no all kidding aside yeah no no the truth the truth of the matter is um you know the cfo's uh, may have uh, reputations that precede them the ontario cfo's you know uh, certainly are not willing to take much guff but at the same time they're terrifically helpful and uh, wonderful people all the people yeah. i've been exposed to have been incredible um you know but i don't always gauge people by the way they treat me it's 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 an important reality that uh, people understand 
that the chief firearms office are our friends. I mean, they're 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 coming into contact with us all the time. I, I noticed there was a little bit of a, a you know a, a rough moments in the beginning of, of that sort of uh, innovation, but at the same time, I, I've I've had so many positive experiences with people. From they the they are friends and they cool. do want to help us, but once yeah. again, it's our expectation versus the resources that yeah. they maybe yeah. have available to them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This is one of those. This is one of those podcasts. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a second just to break your balls a little bit. That Why? I. Think, what did that, I do? That I would love to. Oh, just, hang boy. on. That I'd love to be happening live. Mm. You and us sitting at headquarters in front mm. of a camera, so we can. I can just throw that expectations versus resources uh, comment out there and say to the viewing on say hey what is your occupation do you find that and have that interaction yeah. and, and you know that's something I've been bugging you about and I'm going to bug you about it again now yeah. is it's like we got to get that going and, and well, it sounds putting like, the heat on you well it sounds like the federal government has uh, you know kind of adopted some of that I mean they've obviously bitten off more than they can chew um, to buy back the guns would be you know uh, <laughs> something that could cost taxpayers billions of dollars billions like I mean billions oh. and, and guess what nobody supports it how about that not even the RCMP. No. Not even the RCMP. Yeah, I know. You know, <clears throat> it really, it really has been. Wait, hold on. I, I smell something. What? What is it? Do I smell non-confidence? Ooh, what is that? Gosh. You know, I prided myself on never wishing anything bad on anyone, but certainly, oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> right? We'll make I, an exception I, in this I, case, might, you know. But you know, in in order to see somebody lose, I might make an exception in this one case. Yeah. Man, oh man. Well, you know, uh, it's been uh, four, four, and <laughs> four and a half years of real excitement watching this government. Excitement's one way to phrase it. <sighs> I'm sure there's a, millions of Canadians that would use a lot more descriptive words or verbiage. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's been an absolute shit show. That's that's probably the best way to describe that's, it. That, that, yeah, we're getting down the right track now. We're there's no guns on the table here today. Well, I come I, over. I, I know, I know. Don't don't so worry. They're right for, here. No. So They're everybody right here. needs to know. We started this the other night, <laughs> about four nights ago. We got twenty minutes into it, and we were. It was. A, we we felt it was a very good podcast to begin with, and we had some nice guns here. Uh, a couple, uh, one very unique piece that was discussed, and then about twenty minutes in, uh, uh, the fearless leader over it's here. Not my fault. It is absolutely your fault. Totally, not my fault. totally, totally didn't. <laughs> he said, "Hang on a second. He he kind of looks at our, he looks at me and he looks at the 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 uh, our electronic equipment there, and he's. We don't have a, an audio card. And I just look at him. And the first word out of my mouth was ethan. And then again, <laughs> because this isn't the first time that's happened. And it's just kind of like, so I asked him tonight before, I'm like, Did you have you have cards, right? Yeah. So uh, apparently the card that we have in there, folks, is, is about eight hours long. Uh, has eight hours space. We're clearly we're not going to be doing eight hours worth of podcast. Um, but I think I think we're covered now. We almost had a battery issue though, because the batteries are kind of low. So if it's not one thing, it's another. You know and what? I, I stopped before we got started. Good so, lord. You know what? You are definitely being so difficult. Oh, look what we have here. Now, anybody watching the page, or maybe had the opportunity to see um, the Canadian gun vault out on the firing line at one of our local Southern Ontario, Southern Ontario ranges are very familiar with the piece I'm holding right now. Uh, it's a nice little compact piece. 
It is black, not scary. It's black, and it has an outstanding story behind it as to the very unique configuration around the muzzle of the object that I'm holding. And it's quite affectionately always described with three little letters, D-O-E. That's right. The dough has made an appearance. Are you all right there now? You got everything ready to go? I'm ready to roll. Get your headphones back on. I uh, here I am. Okay, fine. I'm back. All right. All right. This is what I get for <laughs> ball breaking. I I, I, coffee. Uh, he brings me coffee. And of course, you know, I've uh, <clears throat> thrown the equipment together for a quick uh, mobile operation. Or uh, <laughs> you check you checked to, to, to make sure it was safe, right? Mm, mm. Hey Sally. All firearms uh, prior to this recording have been cleared, inspected, and proven safe. And so here we are, uh, you know, examining some of the uh, fun things and uh, amazing things we get to see here at the Canadian Gun Vault. All right. (laughs) You know, the the dough has such an interesting story connected to it. Uh, You know, I, I remember seeing them. Uh, in, in film uh, at certain points in my life and, and, you know, just a few appearances. And, of course, you know, with the advent of things like uh, Wikipedia, you know, you got the chance to see, you know, all the different versions of the Air 15. And, I mean, the, the family is big. Uh, whether you realize it or not, there's a, there's a lot of different types of Air 15. And uh, a nine millimeter firing rifle, uh, you, you know, albeit a small one, <laughs> you know, that was that was the natural progression. They tried to get this thing smaller and smaller. So it's got this little seven and a half inch barrel. And uh, of course, it was originally designed to hold 32 rounds of nine millimeter. And I guess they were vying for market share um, with HK. They wanted like a little small gun. And the Department of Energy picked them up, and they had a couple thousand of these things made. And, uh, you know, the truth is, is that it would be totally cool to fire uh, one of these guns in fully automatic. But uh, we're, we're, of course, restricted to a semi-automatic here in Canada. And usually uh, for rifles, it's five rounds, uh, although if they have pistol mags, they can, you know, hold ten. And uh, this is one of those rare, you know, AR-15s that you really didn't see too much. But people are starting to, like, clue into these things now. I've, I've noticed a couple of guys doing retro builds, and, and it's a gun that was from the mid-'80s. So to see people, like, putting together, like, these reproduction kits and, like, doing, like, Colt Doe clones, I, I love that people are doing that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's neat because the first time I fired it, I mean, it's it's super... I mean, I know you did mention it has a seven and a half inch barrel, or whatever, but it's yeah. still super, super compact. And and when when you find out the story behind it, you kind of understand why, because you're in a little bit of a confi- confined space when you're guarding, was it uranium Plut- shipments? I mean, yeah, plutonium and right, plutonium. Uranium. Uh, but and and it was neat because the first time I fired it, it was just kind of there's zero recoil. Yeah, like it's just you feel a little push on your shoulder, and that's it. Yeah, it, it, it's a totally fun gun to shoot. Um, you know, it has that classic. You know, triangular uh, handguard, you know, that or that, that uh, what do you call it, that carrying handle that AR-15s and the M16 family of rifles, rifles originally had. And it doesn't have any, any real adjustment to it, you know, the rear sight. And it's got this, this really interesting flip-up aperture uh, front sight. And it's built on this, you know, uh, front front sight base that's made all out of metal, and it's in this this odd kind of shape. It's like a horseshoe configuration, yeah, almost. Yeah, and and of course that was designed to be pushed up against. Um, 
ports in, in vehicles, I guess. Yeah, the to, matching cutout. Yeah, right? the matching cutout. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I guess, you know, these things were going to be, you know, held in, in small spaces and used to, you know, shoot off uh, anybody that might be trying to take over the vehicle transporting, you know, the uh, uh, substances. By like by shooting them off, like if they were like ants climbing on the vehicle, they'd be able to shoot them off mm-hmm. from these ports. And just just imagining that you know the you know AR-15 or M-16 design had been shrunk, you know that much. Uh, you know it, it was it was fun to build. Like I, that was actually one of my very first builds, and I, I fell in love with it. Uh, the moment I started shooting it, that how has become like the communal, you know, firearm. Like we would have that out, and I would just have a few boxes of ammo next to it, and just tell people have at her. Like mm-hmm. you know, and um, it's a great way to get people interested in uh, AR-15s. Yeah, because of there's there's not a, a a loud noise like there would be if you're shooting two two three. And there's no recoil to speak of. Man. So it's very, it's, it's, it, for those who are new, maybe they're intimidated by the look, but once they squeeze off a couple rounds, it, that immediately melts away. I've mm. seen that myself out on the firing line yeah. um, with a number of different people when it's, when it's been around. It's kind of like, hey, this is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden that, that whole myth maybe starts to dispel. You know, well, so. you know, a lot of people that get introduced to the AR-15 platform see a lot of these tactical versions that are like ten and a half inches. Yeah, and you know, you combine that with uh, five five six ammo, which is already kind of a high pitch, you know, crack when that uh, that firearms it, discharge. Yeah, and I, so I can understand the reaction when you get up there. Oh, yeah. and some of those things, I mean, you you get a five five a two two three or five five six, even I mean, not. A mid-length barrel, and that thing can be pretty loud depending on what you oh, have yeah. on the end of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I can tell you right now that shooting a short AR-15 is probably not the best way to introduce people to the rifle platform. No. No, but but a gun like this, uh, it really it really slows everything down because um, you can explain to people how all the... Um, controls operate and when they finally pull the trigger it's not so uh disgustingly loud that they feel like a light bulb went off in their brain it it, it really is a, a great and it's kind of a gentle push like it's not very sharp it's uh it's like a, I, I call it a light nudge you know if yeah. that if that if that uh, because it's in nine millimeter and i tell people all the time ar-15 platforms in nine millimeter are awesome they're just a great way to introduce people to the sport to the mechanics um and then it, you hand them a 454 casual right after that yeah four, four inch long 454 casual and say here you go it's here, not much different you know it, it's 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 unfair I, that's actually the number one mistake i see people making on the range i really do believe that if people got out there and they fired you know 22s or oh, starting to high yeah yeah that that's that's the number people uh, we talk about this a lot actually um people are always you know asking me about this Uh, you know i can tell you the number one mistake people make is handing someone their favorite gun because usually you know your favorite gun is one that you've gotten used to and it's maybe a little bit more powerful it's like you know if you want to hand um you know, someone, uh, a firearm to, to have their first experience be, you know, a Colt 45, you know, 1911 platform with, you know, maybe one of the shorter ones, like the officers, you know, like something, something with too much pop, it, it'll scare people. So I always tell people, start them off small, get them, you yeah. know, get them off to a, a slow start and, you know, build uh, on fundamental principles of safety w- without all the scariness of, of loud noise and recoil. Yep. Absolutely. You know, and uh, I, I think that if more people kind of took that approach and I, I've, I've always encouraged people to use uh, reactive targets, 
You know, like that, that's a great way. Cause it makes it, it makes it fun. Yeah. Like instant, so, gra- well, there's that instant gratification or instant, um, not gratification. What's the word? I'm, you don't want what I'm, I can't even think of what I'm trying no, to say. No, 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 no. Instant, instant feedback. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. You know, I, well, I, I'll tell you right now, uh, I always get people on targets paper first. And then once they start to feel confident, then I start blowing up balloons. That's, that's a favorite of mine. It's low, mm. it's, it's low cleanup. It's uh, it's totally reactive. Uh, when you hit it, they pop. If you get to the point where you're calling out colors and, and you know, uh, that young lady you've just been, you know, sort of mentoring is suddenly like hitting the colors on, on command, you know, uh, it's really fun to watch a new person kind of string it all together. It's called teaching from a progression. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what? I, it's, and it's, it's no different than t- teaching somebody how to use a gun is no different from, uh, that has never used a gun teaching my grade fives, how to do long division. Cause they've never done long division before. I don't say here's, here's your, here's your question. Do it. You got to teach them in steps. It's like, you know, no different than, the, than that practice when I'm coaching the, when I'm coaching the players, it's like, I don't, we don't tell them to go out, run this play. You got to teach them the, the, the components of the play. It's no different than anything else. Well, <clears throat> I, uh, I definitely think that if more people took the time, uh, and I think the people have, I don't, I hate to criticize uh, or sound like I'm being critical because I've heard from more people that have taken out their friends and their family members and, um, their spouses. And it has been, uh, this wonderful wave I've noticed, uh, of couples shooting, uh, out in the firearm community. And, you know, I, I've seen this growth, uh, online. It's, it would seem as though a lot of the public are uh, understanding where we're coming from. And I've noticed a, a shift in, in the tone of conversation uh, out there that things are, things are improving, that the public uh, really does see that there's no merit you know, to banning uh, firearms. And I definitely think it's, uh, it's had an impact. Yeah, the tide, is, the tide is slowly starting to shift, I believe. Oh, you know what? They're, it's they're- not as quick as we'd like it, but I think that... I think the the uh, a few events recently have kind of made it evident. One is the RCMP coming out and saying, "Hey, this you know, based on the 2018 study, this is not a good thing, not going to work." Um, no, a number of d- different police chiefs coming out saying this is not the solution, and uh, maybe the third item could be the um, the all-time record-setting e-petition. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of like this. Is, and it, it, it doesn't seem now in the last two weeks, it doesn't seem to be that evident in in the media. We're not hearing about it, about no. it all that much. Oh, well. one more thing that was that was actually made it very um, uh, obvious was that well, how many remember there was a, about two weeks ago when a, there was a whole ton of polls coming out oh yeah it was a flurry was it like the, 10 the of flur- them or the something flur- the flurry of polls there was from the, all kind and the, the, the maritimes like, it was the maritimes it, yes it was, it was, it was a, a series of radio stations out out in eastern canada and i remember them getting posted you posting them up on on the page and on the timeline and i mean it mm-hmm. takes no you know fl- slide over and cast your vote and the 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 the, the highest percentage uh, figure that I saw in favor of a gun ban, I think it was handguns specifically, mm-hmm. uh, was three percent. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, th- okay. So those four things now combined in the last, That's the I best. guess, three weeks, kind of. Uh, that will forever be known as the poll we broke. 
Oh my goodness! Oh yeah, that one was <laughs> just all one, jacked up. It was hot. At one at one point, it was, it was really, over hundred. It was over hundred percent combined. Yeah, something it was like, something it was wasn't like working mm, out there. Someone's not. The gerbil fell off the wheel. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it was. Yep, the accountant is asleep. So, what else? What else you got on the board there? Anything? Uh, that was, anything that else? was the one. Is the okay? Okay. So, 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 then, so, so the other one is the is the one we're going to go that's more the in big depth. One. That's the big one. Okay. That's well, the then before one. we do that, I wanna I wanna show you the other uh, two guns that we shot today. All right, and I've already cleared this one. I'm gonna bring it over to you there. Yep. Okay. So what you're holding there, okay, is which I have shot. You shot it. Okay. Do you do you know what it is? Yes. What what is it? It's a Colt Anaconda. It is. It is. Right. It's, a cl- it's one of the most classic handguns between it's, that and the Python. It's well. That's that's what it was made to emulate. It's 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 not. In truth, a supersized python, but the python is the gold standard. This is just a chunk of metal that is kind of like a whole. It's a, it's a whole lot of fu. Well, <laughs> it, 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 well, it is. But but I mean, if you enjoy the uh, the beautiful, sexy uh, curves of the Colt Python, and it, that oh, you're but, talking about that, me, that buttery, that buttery smooth trigger, you know, it is and, so smooth. And we're in action and and crisp trigger. I mean, the Python sets the standard, and then of course, you know, Colt decides that they're going to have a 44 Magnum, you know, version uh, of this gun, and internally, it's more like a King Cobra. Um, you know, it isn't quite as refined, but it is, but it is really a, an amazing uh, quality, you know, Colt pistol. It's not too far off from the Python. It's it's close, and it's in 44 Magnum. And of course, you know they came out in, you know, different versions uh, of this gun. But uh, but ultimately, I remember firing back back in the early 90s. I remember firing one with a two-inch barrel. Holy yeah! Two oh inch yeah! Barrel. Oh yeah! It Holy was it Christ. was it was crazy before you know before things uh, changed in Canada. You could own you know firearms with barrel lengths of less than four and a quarter inches or one hundred and six millimeters. Tie a string to the end, from the end of the barrel well, to your it, toes, it, it, so it just, doesn't it, go flying it, out of your hand. It it, it 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 certainly like if you can imagine like it would it would stop it right there, and you wouldn't believe how noisy it gets and how much it kicks. I was gonna say, forget the noise. Like you gotta have two hands and then some. Oh. Butt. Pressing on your back or something. It's like, it's got these. Hang it's, on. It's got these rubberized, you know, finger grooved, uh, uh, Packmire grips. Packmire, yeah. Right, but but over time they've hardened, and uh, of course, the, you know, th- this is a this is a great piece. I always wanted one. Like uh, you know what? If I've never told you the story before, I I used to go to a place called LeBaron's. I remember LeBaron's. Yeah, LeBaron's. Yeah, you used to go there. I, I was there a few times before it unfortunately before closed? closed down. Yeah, mm. they didn't. They didn't have the guys in the gun room didn't have the best reputation. I must say. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're the same guys that were there in the well, '90s, I can tell you right now, they saw the heyday, you know, of uh, surplus importation into this country. And uh, and they would have definitely seen the um, the the remember there's a flood of Lee Enfields and M1 Garands and M1 carbines and all these surplus semi-automatic firearms, you know, show up uh, on, on scene in Canada and, and they're coming out of this uh, LeBaron's, which is out in Mississauga off Dixie Road there, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And 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 you could buy uh, M1 Garands for ninety nine dollars. Don't say that. Right. And, and it was only that. it was like we're we're only talking. We're talking about like the early '90s, right? So like I'm sitting there, oh. and they had the, they had this pencil drawing of an an M1 Grand. Like half their half their catalog was hand drawn, 
right? Like it was like somebody had traced the picture somehow. And it's for some of them, you know, some of the stuff was a little bit more, you know, photocopy-ish looking, uh, photostatish looking. And it was, you know, it was all just black and white. And some of the, some of the guns were hand-drawn. But I remember seeing the M1 Garand and it looked, look kind of hand-drawn and i thought it had like a big belly like it looked bigger you know than some of the sleek guns that i liked in 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 that time period uh, i used to like everything black if it was if it was like an ar-15 or something cool like an uzi or a tech nine i loved it like that was my thing in the 90s yeah, yeah. as i got older and matured i realized that there was you know a lot of collectability to firearms but i i passed on an m1 garand for 99 dollars a cz uh 52 a pistol um, I think that was something like $124. Like, I mean, there were the like, cool collectibles that they're just like, you know, $99 M1 carbines, like GIs. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's so, so oh. I know. Right. So I got to sit down. I know. <laughs> so, but, but one of the things in that catalog, I, I was, I was trying to decide whether or not to get a rifle or a pistol back then. And, and I wanted um, if I was going to get a pistol, I wanted it to be a revolver because I really liked my dad, liked Dirty Harry. You know, he always thought great dirty, movie. Right. An and, awesome yeah. Movie. And, you know, and they and they had model 29s in their catalog, but I never looked at them. I, I, but I, I kept on looking at the gun that looked like my pellet gun that I had gotten as a child, a Crossman air gun that yeah. made the look. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was made to look like a, a 357 Magnum. And and of course. I see this gun in the catalog. It's hand drawn and it looks it looks enormous and it's in 44 Magnum. I'm thinking, well, I, I shoot 44 Magnum in a Desert Eagle, and so okay, like I like 44 Magnum. And uh, I remember at the time I really wanted it badly, but it was like something like 949 dollars. Then? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It, yeah, right. So, so you know, I, I wasn't making enough money to, you know, uh, save up for that purchase, but I wanted it badly. So, I, you know, I, I looked and hummed and hawed at it for a while. At one point, I had enough money, but I didn't want to overstretch, you know, too much as a young man. And uh, so I passed on buying it. And then, of course, you know, I, uh, I got out of guns for a little bit. And then when I returned to it, uh, I realized I had made a horrible error because now they're a collectible gun. The Colt Anaconda series in Canada, generally speaking, they, they start at like three grand. Like they're they're a really nice gun. They look like a supersized python, and and, typ do. and typically they're you know this uh, the stainless steel. And so they're they're great guns. Uh, they really are wonderful shooters. Uh, we, today we got to run some mystery loads through it. I don't know. What, I don't. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know what I was thinking. There was a there was a gentleman that passed away not too long ago, and he he gave to me, uh, or he gave to me. The family gave to me. Um, a number of, uh, you know, ammunition uh, componentry and, and then some live rounds as well. And, of course, I have the license, so I'm allowed to take it. And so I, I see that there's a, a tin of 44 Magnums that are made and ready to go, but they have lead tips, right? So they're definitely home loads. And I know that this guy was a home loader, right? And I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm getting the feeling going through uh, through his stuff that the family gave me that he had been around a long, long time. But 44 Magnum is like kind of one of those things you don't want to screw around with. So you're going to scratch your head. I wonder what recipe he used. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, so so I, I reach into this bucket and, you know, you can call me an asshole for running this kind of, you know, fodder through a, an asshole just because for, for well, you, you could you could. Right. But I'm I'm I'm, I putting, I, I'm putting it through a Colt, a vintage Colt Anaconda. Like there's people that would just throttle me 
if they found out that I went mystery loading through you know a vintage collectible like that but I, I'm never planning on letting this thing leave my my site or my collection and so I, I did it and the first ones come out like cream puff loads just pop pop and I could tell it's loaded like 44 special so you know like that really really light load and coming out of a heavy gun like this you barely feel it feel it and so I get to round three <laughs> And I pull the trigger and suddenly it rears up and it says, okay, like this one's different. And you can tell immediately the way the gun snaps in my hand that, that it's a much, much hotter load. And so as I went through the tin, um, you know, with a couple of good friends, uh, it was like mystery load time. Like, I mean, you never knew where you're going to get a hot one, a really hot one or a really, really light one. Like some of them almost didn't even sound like they went off. Like, like, but the bullet came out yeah, yeah. and I thought, wow, you know, I, I better not abuse the gun too, too much. So, you know, I, I stopped after a few wheels myself, but I was having fun with it. Uh, hitting, hitting steel with that gun really, uh, for me is, is exciting. It, you know, ranges out to a hundred yards or more. Um, yeah, shooting long distance like you you've you've done some of that before haven't you? With not overly long. Maybe mm. I think the longest has been 200 yards. Really? Yeah. 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 Mm. Well, it's all relative. I mean, um, 200 yards with a handgun is actually a very Oh, not shot. with a handgun. Are you kidding me? Oh, you did that? You, you, I couldn't hit the sky with a handgun. <laughs> you know what? You, you got to work on it. That's yeah. right. That's right. You were... you it's practice. You're right. Yeah, we talked about we, it before. We, it's practice. We, 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 were there, we were there with, um, with uh, rifles. Did we go with Mikey? Tiny Mike? I think we might have been out with Tiny Mike at one point. But hold on. Okay, so mo moving along. This is, this is one of the guys we brought up. And this is the other one. Right, and oh, I've got one of those. You know what? Do you have one of those? Yes, I do. Yeah, you know what? There, mine th was unissued when I got it. Really? Yes. You know what? That was too. That was too. And that was a. Uh, you got a Russian or no? Yes. Really? With the, with those grips, the CCCP. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Very cool. Okay, and very how, cool. And let me ask you something. How much? How much did you pay for when you got it? Uh, do you remember? Two and a quarter, two and a half. Yeah, yeah. With the with the original holster. Yeah. Okay. And spare mag. Spare make. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. See, you got in. You got in after me. I I was telling people to buy these things when they were like 150 bucks. They were just yeah. They were just somewhere in southern Ontario for yeah. 150 bucks mm. and didn't last very long. Mm. But they were. I don't believe they were Russian. No, they were. I think they were Polish. Yeah. You know, the surplus is gradually drying up. I don't know why uh, Europe seems to want to keep its guns. You know, for years, they seem yeah. to be an endless supply of, uh, you know, surplus firearms. But that uh, that seems to be changing. So, uh, yeah, but we got that one out. And you know what? If you've never fired a, uh, a Takarov before, a TT-33. 33, yeah. 33, uh, Russian. It is such a cool gun, and you know what? And I, I you got to hang on to it. Yeah, it, it's it's not. You know what? It's not the most ergonomically designed grip you've ever held, and it no, it's not. <laughs> it's it's not. You know what? But it's cool. You got to admit, it's cool in your hand. It's slim. You know, it, it's it's uh, it's funny because I mean, if you've never seen um, a talker up before, it's you, you can really see the John Moses Browning 1911 in it. it it's got that you know that typical. Um, John Moses Browning slide, you know, with that undercut underneath the barrel where the uh, recoil uh, spring channel is. And and people don't know this. A lot of people don't realize it. But the um, the uh, 1903 FN was actually very much the uh, the parent of that firearm. The, the, the Russians were notorious for like borrowing designs or right, borrowing things and then making it simpler and 
stronger. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, so they simplified the FN design, which, which was which was much more elegant and Colt-like. Um, and, and they, they made it into the Takrof, which which could be mass-produced and uh, fires a feisty cartridge. It is feisty. It is. It is. That 7.62 by 25 uh, is, is really, again, you know, uh, another carryover from the um, the Germans. You know, they had the Mauser. And that that broom handle Mauser uh, cartridge, that uh, seven point six three Mauser, Han Solo's gun, yeah, Han Solo's gun. That 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 the gun that fired that cartridge. You know that cartridge was coming out. I think it, if memory serves me correctly, it's about a ninety a ninety grain uh, thirty caliber uh, you know projectile, and the Mauser was moving it somewhere around. I think it was like twelve hundred and fifty feet per second. So the Takarov is dimensionally the same cartridge as the Mauser, only it's got a stronger powder charge in it, and so its bullets are coming out. I've chronographed some of them at like crazy speeds, like at sixteen fifty. Like I, I've seen some really hot Takarov come. The surplus stuff, especially. Especially like that. I remember and there's still there's still lots of it around. There's yeah. Still, and it's still relatively cheap to buy a case of, of 762 by 25. And, yeah. And even even the even the, the, the TT 33. There's a lot of very like there's Yugoslavians around oh, Polish, yeah. Russian, yeah. Chinese. There's a whole bunch of different yeah. uh, variations of them around and they're still relatively cheap. Uh, you, you, you could see that it was the pistol, uh, you know, under the Iron Curtain. It was, yeah. the you know, it, it was it was definitely around uh, for a long time until it came. You know, it was replaced uh, by another gun right? that I actually happen to have as well. And let me guess, you're going to go pick that one up. You got it handy. Oh, good. You do. All right. That's what replaced it? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Huh. So the TT-33 comes along, and it fires, you know, a little 30 caliber projectile at this ridiculous speeds, like 1650, 1700 feet per second. And, you know, it it's a hell of a penetrating round. But, you know, it is an older design, you know, and after the war was over with um, the Makarov came along. And for anybody, you know, that was a kid growing up in the 70s or 80s and you saw bad guys that, you know, were Russians, you know, you saw this gun. And again, it's essentially um, nothing more than a simplified PPK. You know, it's heavy, it's heavy though. It, That's a heavy gun. It it is a heavy gun. the size, right? But I, it's a greasy gun. <laughs> well, Phil, have you been around? <laughs> Phil, Phil didn't get his hands on this one. I, 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 you know what? I like to keep the Makarov well oiled up. Uh, no you know, kidding. Yeah, this is a very special one. This is a this is a really special one because uh, you know what? The, this is one of the ones that was made in Russia, and it was designed to come to Canada, and so it was made with a Canadian length barrel. Yeah, oh, it's sticking. Yeah, right. So, yeah. so now you got to remember that, that these pistols were in circulation in the collecting communities. The barrel was too short, so it would have been considered uh, a twelve-six pistol, which is a short barrel pistol here in Canada. And if you owned one up to like nineteen ninety-five, you were allowed to uh, keep them and continue to buy them and trade them and, amongst other people with the same license. Of course, yeah. But um, you know, which which is another podcast altogether. Uh, that 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 
that grouping of people is slowly dwindling away as yeah, well. Yeah, unfortunately. Know. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, soon. But so this this version, though, is a restricted version because it has a slightly longer barrel. And it was imported into the country. Uh, I believe it was called Intra-Arms. Or, Intra-Arms? Uh, yeah, yeah, inter- yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds vaguely yeah, familiar. You know what? Or Action Arms? I can't, you know what? I can't remember. But they were, based, they were based out of BC, if I remember correctly. Anyway, I get on the horn with the, uh, the owner of the company. Who says, yeah, yeah, we won't be, you know, bringing any more. And he's in this thick Russian accent. He says, you know, this is, um, you know, this is less shipment. No more. No, and I'm like, did he tell you why? Well, you know, and did I and find I, out why well, I asked him and I said, I said, what's, what's the deal? And he says, he says, wow, we must retooling for barrel. And it's, it makes it more expensive. And I know, and of course he had brought, I, I believe I, I bought this one for like $200. Right, like it was, it was nothing. Like mm. it really, it really was inexpensive, and you had options. You could get it in nine millimeter uh, Makarov, or you could get it in three eighty, which is the American equivalent. Three eighty ACP is again, you know, a light. Uh, 90 grain, uh, you know, 38 caliber uh, bullet coming out of this, uh, you know, can, uh, Canadian or American uh, firearm at about a thousand feet per second. And the Makarov, which is slightly bigger, um, is coming out about the same. So, you know, I had an option to get uh, a pistol that could have ammunition that was not from Russia. You know, somebody would say it's probably discriminatory, but I, I wanted it in 380 because I figured I'd always be able to get it. Um, whereas 9mm Makarov, I had never really loaded for that before, you know, but I had 380. Now, if I recall correctly, I think if you're going to own a Makarov, the one to own is the Bulgarian, right? But they're restricted. I mean, they're the prohibited. Pro, yeah. Well, there's, there's uh, th- like, when I say true Makarovs, like, I mean, this was actually a Russian one that was made in Russia. But the Bulgarian is, is kind of... But the vintage Cold yeah. War era ones, they, there's there's different ones. There's um, there's Chinese Makarovs. There's uh, mm-hmm. East East German Makarovs. There's, uh, if you know what? I'm trying, I'm trying to remember... I know there was uh, Bulgarian, R- Romanian, and uh, of course, the Bulgarian is one of the nicer ones, but it isn't the nicest. I'm told the nicest ones for their finish, and I remember I passed on buying one, and I did remember saying like to someone, like, oh boy, like it is really visibly nicer than the Bulgarian. Uh, the Bulgarian is really, really nice, but I got to say it, the uh, the East German is like fucking gorgeous. Like it's just so glossy and it, it's, it's, you can really see the PPK shining on through because mm. the, the finish is so, you know. Yeah, um, it never so, occurred to me, but it is very ppk Yeah, like, you know, and even the way it comes apart, like if, you know, I'll do this for you in two seconds. Watch this. Okay. That's it? That's pretty simple. That, that's it. That's pretty. Yeah, that's that's that makes so, it nice and easy right? to uh, field trip. Holy smokes! Well, yeah. So you pull down the trigger guard, and you can yeah. you can actually do it with one one hand, and you pull back the slide, barrel. lift it up. And it's got a fixed barrel, so they're like ridiculously accurate. This is actually this is the one gun that has never jammed on me ever. Really? Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, I remember somebody asking me way it's back. you never bring it out. No, 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 no. When I'm not around, it no, makes no. It's like everything else. No, no, no. This, this gun, I used to bring this thing out all the time. Um, but what I found was, is it, it became difficult to kind of sort through uh, 380 and 9mm. It was so close, the case size, that I remember I, I wanted to start bringing this thing without 
bring in nine millimeter rounds, so I I could pick up the casings uh, to reload, and I wouldn't be confusing them with nine mm-hmm. all over the place. But anyway, so like this thing though, like I mean, it's it's actually really accurate, and the trigger's really nice. But and it comes apart that easy. You pull down the trigger guard, you lift back. Uh, well, you pull back the slide uh, and go do a little bit of over travel, and then you lift up, and the whole thing just comes apart in your hand like that. Yeah, that is pretty. Uh, that is pretty basic. Get her back together there. Drop it down. And you don't even have to take any pins out or anything, eh? Like, that's just crazy. And you're ready to go. And watch. Feel the, feel the, feel the trigger. A little bit of travel, but you know exactly where it's gonna when it's gonna yeah. break. Yeah, it's 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 a great pistol. It points really easy. It's really fast. Like I mean, I could totally see why the Russians dug this pistol. It was small. It was compact. It had enough power to do uh, what you wanted it to do. And, and you know, a lot of people don't realize it. When you get into more powerful ammunition, yeah, it's more powerful, but it also makes it more difficult to control. So you know, if you want to shoot a gun uh, fast at a target, something that doesn't jump around like crazy on you like big magnums um you know really aren't well suited for the rules uh, connected to self-defense you know smaller guns actually make a lot more sense which is why you know guns like the nine and 45 dare i say it are, are so popular in, in you know the u.s as as self-defense rounds but the makarov or the 380 acp is you know, it's like a slow nine millimeter, but the the new self defense ammo for 380 ACP, I'm told, is actually really good. It, it's it's hot, and uh, I guess bullet uh, construction has has reached the point uh, in terms of design that they can be really effective. They push them fast enough. Good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. For those that are in those free countries and free states that are allowed to carry to protect themselves, but yeah, no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm going to pull out another one that we have today. Hold on. I wonder what we got coming here, folks. I don't know. There's boxes all over the place. So we just kind of, Oh, this one's going to be a long gun. What? Okay. So is that it? All right. What is this? Is this yours? Yeah. Oh, that's the one you're telling me about. Yeah, that's right. that's my new gallery gun. So yeah. yeah, you know what? I I went and I went and got this from Brent. It's a takedown. It's it is a takedown. Hey, it's pretty cool. So so what it is is Brent uh, gives me a call. I I had given the whole, them. Whole block. Yeah, I I had given Brent um, a gun to hold oh, on God. to. I know, oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Slam fire, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I bring this thing out today. Uh, for those of you that have never seen the Rossi, right? I don't bring it out often, uh, but I, but I want to tell the story about how I got my hands on this thing. You, you might appreciate this. So, I had given Brent the the loan of one of my guns. And Brent was, you know, Brent was really good about it. He, he kind of took a shine to a firearm that I had on the firing line. And he said, you know, that's really neat. And I said, you know what, take it home, take it home and give it a good cleaning. And, you know, I've known Brent for years and he's a licensed individual and he's, uh, you know, he's not saying no, (laughs) you know, I, I, I personally, it was, I didn't want to bring it back to the car and I didn't uh, think that it would be a problem for him to care for it for a little while so anyway i I don't hear from brent for a few weeks but then i get a uh, but then i get a mystery text he messages me he says hey 
I still have that gun of yours. You know, like, yeah, I could read it in his text. He was always uh, a relaxed guy. He says, hey, uh, you know, uh, I'd like to propose a trade. He says, trade, right? Anytime Brent wants a trade, you got to say yes, right? He, he's got some of the most interesting things that I've ever seen. And of course he says, I found something you might like. And so next thing you know, on my phone screen flashes this little gallery gun that looks like the one that the little girl in Zombieland used when she was shooting targets in the living room. Oh, you know what that reminds me of is what? when we were when when I was a kid and you were a kid, I guess, and you go literally you go to the fair, yeah, and you're shooting down those little puppet things, those felt puppets. You were shooting at puppets. I don't know what, what kind it of is. crazy sick fair did you? I don't go know to? what else you would call. I don't know what else you would call them. Like these, like they were like attached to these wood. <laughs> two by fours or whatever run horizontally and they're on a you would shoot them and it would look the gun you would shoot them down with look exactly like that that's funny. hence gallery gun yeah, you know what fair enough uh, well you were a little bit you're a little bit older than me slightly my, slightly older than me you look older than me but i am older thank than you, you. <laughs> I, you know what <laughs> that that's funny you know what? i got i got this thing and, and you picked up on it so it's <laughs> It's a Rossi pump action 22 and it's got this tubular magazine. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a pump, it's a pump action. There's no loading gate. It's like Henry style through, through the mag tube top. And of course it's got an exposed hammer and it's very slim and it's a takedown model, which makes it even better. But, um, so there I am for the first time slam firing it today. And I, I gotta tell you, I fell in love with slam fire 22. It's so much fun to just like hold the trigger down and like pump the gun away. It, it was it was a lot of fun. I, I personally, it's it's small. That's the other. It thing. is. It, it is. Yeah. You know what? I, I I can only describe it as the shortest little cute rifle you've ever seen. It really does. In some ways, it reminds me a little bit of like an eighteen ninety seven, you know, shotgun. You know, like with with like a riot like barrel on it, like it's 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 short. It's got the English style stock, and it's the stock yeah. is almost as long as the gun. Yeah, the gun. yeah, it's yeah. It's really long. <laughs> it, it's but it, but it's 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 really a cool piece, and it is, and it's in great shape. It's in awesome shape, and of course, you know, when I saw the picture of it on the screen, I told Brent, "Yeah, I'll take it." And and I've honestly I've really enjoyed it, uh, you know, since since that time. It, it's a fun little gun. The slam fire makes it actually really entertaining. No for kidding. You know, I try and do it sparingly just to uh, not you know avoid breaking all the parts because I know if I abuse it too much, it'll all rattle apart. But uh, I've definitely enjoyed having it, and I got to thank Brent for uh, giving the opportunity the opportunity to own this thing. It's uh, it's a fantastic piece, and I'm looking forward to keeping it for years. Yeah, no kidding. That is a nice yeah. little piece. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, so what's the last thing okay. on for serious? Now that now we've had enough guns for one evening, get, now what, what, do you, what do we got here as a final subject? Get comfortable. Now, I'm oh, just going to throw the subject that, out that there. That bad, eh? And then you can... Get you comfortable, can bad, huh? Get comfortable. All I'm right. going to throw the subject out, and then you can... Do with it what you will. Okay. And I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure you know what's coming at you. So just no, no. this whole pipeline blockade debacle. Oh, what, what part? 
Do you want to start with the Do you want to start with the uh, our, our leadership is on the other side of the world Giving away our tax dollars instead of he, wow. Being here like part of that Or would you like to talk about how the economy Is uh, you know suffering By millions of dollars a day As uh, layoffs As, yeah. as layoffs, yeah, layoffs Right uh, last I checked it was like something like 1500 layoffs I heard a thousand but maybe it's been gone up since then Well and, and, and you know what it's serious enough That Albertans have gotten up with their pickup trucks and have said, that's enough. We're uh, taking your signs and, and, your, that, 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 and your blockades yeah. and you're going to go home. And, and I think with the removal of um, the RCMP from the equation, it's become evident that, you know, without the RCMP there, the protesters don't feel the need to stick around. Well, see, and again... Well, I before I go before I mention that, I'd just like to comment on that Peter McKay's have you see, did you see that comment nope. by Peter McKay? Nope. Two guys in a pickup truck got more done in, in a day and a half than oh, yeah. than this government. I, I was did, dying. I, it was I, awesome. I did I did see that. Oh my I take that back. You know, I I definitely am impressed, you know, with Alberta. They're they're gonna get it done one way or another. Uh, I I find myself believing more and more every day that Quebec could uh, Quebec that Alberta could make it on its own. Unlike Quebec, right? I truly believe that if Albertans decided that they were gonna survive on their own without the rest of Canada, that they do just fine. I uh, just out of pure. Um, spite, I think maybe <laughs> rightfully so, rightfully so, based well, on the way they've been treated by the federal government. But I think just fueled on spite, they'd get it done, if nothing else. Well, I, I can't, I can't imagine, uh, you know, with all the money that is coming out of there, uh, the equalization payments suddenly stop for the rest of the country. You know, could you imagine, right? If Alberta pulls out, then everybody goes off the gravy train. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess. Right. Yeah. You know, unless uh, unless they got a friendly province uh, mm-hmm. or two already. But I, I could tell you right now, um, if Alberta went it alone, hey, there's a guy down south. I'm sure he'd love oil. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> I'm sure he would. All right. I think yes. I I have yep. no I have no doubt that you know he'd find a way to make it work for everybody because I'm con- sure he'd pay for it himself. All right. Contrary to popular belief. You know, Trump is getting some things done down there. One or two. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I, you know me. I, I, I hate to say it out loud, but I'm a Trump supporter. The more and more I see every day, I mean, he may be a little wild. He do things a little differently. You don't like the man. You, whatever. I, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of obvious unless you're just have your head t- wholly buried in the sand. It's pretty obvious how he, he, he's, he's quite unorthodox when it comes to the political realm. Um, it's and, and just kind of go plays, dances to his own tune, and if anybody would stand up there and, and argue that he probably didn't, he hasn't done a few things that are offside, then they're just they're just being stupid. Well, clearly he has. He, Nonetheless, you know, yeah, the, the economy's doing pretty well. Yeah. Bottom line, give me the bottom line. Yep. All right. Yep. If if the, if the economy's doing well and more people are working, and you know, if the Democrats are on the run because you know those snivelers have been up to no good for like the last few years straight. Um, you know, I like the idea of watching them scramble a little bit. Did you did you happen to catch that uh, that debate? 
debate. I caught the highlights, <laughs> which were quite entertaining. Right? <laughs> Please, I want to believe it's all deep fake. That it is possible that people could be that. They must. They must have edited it in some I way. I kind of. Feel, I almost feel bad for Bernie Sanders. Why? Just because, <laughs> because, just because I think, I think he truly believes in what he does and he's just getting crushed. Right. Uh, and I, I it just, he's like, I, I look at him and it's kind of like there's grandpa up there just taking a beating. But, and it's funny, I saw something today that apparently was it the FBI or somebody has informed the Bernie Sanders campaign that Russia is planning on trying to influence. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Russia's planning on trying to influence the 2020 election. Like you gotta be freaking kidding me. Here we go again. Here we go. Like, Here do we, we not again. just get off this, this merry-go-round? Nope. 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 Uh, I'll tell you, we're not going to get any breaks from the lies down there. Um, you know, it's, it's truthfully, it's frightening. It's entertaining is what it is. What it is. Well, I can't forget policy, forget it. It just, it's it, ridiculous. It's straight entertainment. How long it's been allowed to go on the media bias. I mean, on both sides of the border. I mean, we're, we're getting it clearly up here as well. But, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, we keep moving forward as a group. Yeah. Okay. So right. kind of got off the side. So what do you think? What do you think about the blockades? We kind of well, got sidetracked a okay, little okay. bit there. All right. Well, the, with the blockades. Uh, and, and, I mean, I don't think we, I don't think well, we need to really go into why or what the reasoning is behind. I mean, the 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 knowledge base is is. It, I mean, the listeners are pretty knowledgeable. I think they know what the the why. But I think it's just talking. We're just talking about opinion now. Like it's it's. Well, it, it, you know what? If if the majority of uh, their people have agreed that it's a good thing for their communities uh, to to allow. The pipeline to occur, then you know a vocal few have brought. You but know, the, how is that any different than anything else that's been going on in this country for the last? Oh, three years? I, I agree, I agree. And actually, I watched a parliamentary session where you know uh, politicians stood up and said, like, you know, there better be consequences, not concessions. Concessions will further, you know, more activity like this. It enables them, and you will have you know this happening in major projects all over the country. Like they've just given them a taste of how they can get things shut down. What Alberta did was eliminate the problem, and you could see how the RCMP has sort of been pulled back by, uh, you know, Billy Blair and the boys, uh, you know, it's going to get interesting out there. And I've, I've warned a lot of my friends in law enforcement that they should keep a close eye on what's happening. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely a trickle effect and uh, ba- bad precedent sometimes being said. Let's talk about that for a second. I-, I talked about this with John the other day, and I want your opinion on the subject. The officer that pointed his rifle at, yeah. at a protest. Yeah. I-, I want your your opinion on the subject. I, I have mine, but yep. you-, you tell me what your opinion is. Uh, I think that was unprofessional. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, I w- I'm going to play the devil's advocate, and, I'm sure. gonna, and trust me, I- I've heard it all. But, um, you know, tactically, they're allowed to. You know, it, it, it's, 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 they're allowed to, if there's, if there's, it's not just cause there has to be, I think probably a set of procedures you go through a checklist. Is there a threat? What kind of threat is there? You can't just point your loaded gun and, we, and, and your loaded gun, but because it has a scope, cause you want to get a, a closer well, look, uh, well, uh, get your binoculars I, out. I, well, hold on, hold on. Right now, uh, there would be some argument that the optic is equipment that is just connected to his rifle and he can use it. And, and there is tactically, 
There are some advantages or certainly disadvantages to using binoculars, putting them down, having to bring back up your firearm, and then yeah, but it's not you're not in combat though. Uh, well, no, no, okay, I I agree, I agree, uh, and and that's where you know the, you you and I clearly have similar opinions on this subject. I I like I truly believe that you know people should be able to trust police officers, but if it was anybody else pointing a firearm at another person, we'd lose you know, our license. Well, we'd be charged. yeah, yeah. Well, but you know, at the same at the same time, you know, like you know, I'm a big supporter of police. I understand there, there's going to be a need at times where police will point firearms at, at, at citizens, and, and it happens. And it's usually because there's a threat of uh, some kind bot- of civil unrest bo- or, or well, harm well, or bo- serious bodily yeah. harm. But uh, to have a firearm pointed at protesters in an already politically and socially charged situation, yeah. you know, if there isn't totally a, a, a strong need for that to happen, I, I've often said, if you're going to do it, can you at least be out of sight? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, don't take a picture of it and post it somewhere. Yeah. Like, I I totally understand that, you know, like you, you think, look at things like, uh, like big Overwatch in, 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 in uh, large, you know, gaming events in the U.S. You know, they have, they have snipers that are out there, you know, that are looking at the crowd. It happens Mm -hmm. all the time. People don't, but they never know they're there. So, you know, it's, it's a little less, uh, you know. Uh, threatening, you know, like this person saw a rifle pointed right at them, and you could hear them in the video saying, "Don't point that rifle at me." And it's like, you know, like as as a police officer in that situation, I totally get you got to go home, and it's it's important that first responders get to go home and do what they have to to get home, get to go home, but. If, if there's really no need to point a rifle at somebody, you know, like why, why add fuel to the fire of, so, a, of a dangerous situation? And you know what? And I don't want cops to have to carry a pair of binoculars too, and then lift those up. And you know, lift I, those up. like, so they can sound like they're in the gym. I, I, I get it. You know, it's, but yeah, but you know what though, amongst a million other things that you got to bring with you, uh, you know, on, on you already. Now you got to produce a, a pair of binoculars that you'll barely ever use. You'll probably lose them in your, uh, in your duty bag. But they're there if you need but them there but you happen to have the scope on your rifle so why wouldn't you be able to use disagree. it disagree i you know what listen i i'm i'm like i look at it i look at the i look at it this way two things yeah. two th- two things stand up for me <clears throat> yeah was there an imminent threat i would ask that question number two defer defer to your training defer to your your procedures did 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 the situation dictate that your your training uh necessitate you to point that at somebody or was there an imminent threat? The the argument, of course, is that um, the officer used, you know... Uh, Don't say discretion. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> the equipment he had to uh, get a better look at, you know, the hands of people to see if they're armed, uh, you know, from a vantage point he was at, you know, it, it, was, it was being used, you know... Uh, for, for recognizance or surveillance of some kind, uh, you know, as, as things were very fluid. To have him, um, you know, do that, though, it's like, you know what, if you're going to do, could you could you get just get a pair of binoculars before you do that? Like, I mean, it really does present a problem because now you've got, you know, the Native communities or the protesting communities, now you've gotten them... Um, you know, seeing you pointing guns at them yep. for for no reason, that's liable. That's liable to spurn a response. You know, so, at some point. But and it, those guys, I mean, they're, they're pretty. They're they're they would have had intelligence. They would have had intelligence to the extent I would think to the extent that 
Is there a probability that the people are, are armed? Has there been obse- uh, uh, protesters observed carrying firearms? Mm-hmm. So you, you, they're not going to go in there that blind no. to the extent that they would have to, again, point a loaded rifle at somebody just to get a better look. Okay. They well, would, they, there's, they're going to go into that situation with a hell of a lot of information. You, you, you would think, but if I told you that intelligence is probably the most contradictory term in policing that I, well, I you know, I, I just, I, but you know what though, at the same time, all it takes is one rumor that somebody's going to have a gun there and it does up the level uh, substantially. No so, doubt. so if there's even a rumor that there's a firearm and you have the ability to, uh, uh, observe, uh, you know, the, the protesters to search for an armed person using the equipment. I, I get it. And, you know, uh, but, but to have somebody be able to photograph you pointing the gun at them, it, it really does look bad. Oh, and the optics are, well, the pun, the optics I, are terrible. And, and, and there's a lot of people in law enforcement that would probably criticize the hell out of me and say, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. I, like, I get it. I've been in those kind of situations where, you know, you have your gun, your firearm drawn and, and you know what, <sighs> believe me, nobody's more sympathetic to the, uh, you know, the thin blue line than I am. But I just, I, I think that there's a failure to, um, perhaps consider, atmospheric conditions as they relate to that particular, you know, moment. The gravity of the, the potential yeah, gravity of the situation, yeah, pre- po- uh, history of similar situations, but still. Does, like, the R- does the RCMP want the reputation for pointing guns at protesters? But, well, like, you can't before, tell, before anything's even happened? Like, that's, that's you where... You can't tell me that before those guys... Went went on duty that day that they weren't briefed. There's always a briefing before duty. Oh yeah, absolutely. Your shift. A- absolutely. So you can't tell me they weren't brief, briefed uh, on if it wasn't that day that the guys that were working that situation ha- hadn't been briefed on at some point uh, previous history in very similar situations. Like you can't. There's no way you could plead ignorance. I don't believe that for uh, a second. Well, you're you're also assuming that you know there's. Uh, terrific organization within the organizations. Like, I mean, yeah, brightest and the best, you know, working on it. I, I mean, things go wrong. People don't handle things well. Uh, you know, Billy slept through the meeting. Uh, who knows? You know, that that might be the guy on team that is always screwing up, that guy that pointed the gun at him. Like, I mean, there's there's any one of a number of things that could happen there. Not an excuse. Uh, you know what? Hey, you have your opinion. I have mine. Yep. Actually, they're much closer than you may think. I I, I I'm with you on this. I, I Unfortunately, I don't want to be seen as uh, critical of law enforcement, but in this particular instance, I think given the circumstances, eh, next time get a pair of binoculars. Like, it, it, it's not, it's, you can't, I think it'd be very unfair to somebody to, to categorize you as critical of law enforcement because there's, mm-hmm. there's people who make mistakes in every profession. So because you're pointing out a mistake, does that mean you're critical as a first rule? No, it's, 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 it's having a discussion about something that maybe shouldn't have, shouldn't, shouldn't have been done. You're assuming I made mistakes in policing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we, what, what else? That's it. Those were the, the those, that was the big one. The, those are the big ones. Okay. Uh, I got out shooting with Hunter Chef. And I never yeah, talked. I, saw I, that. I never. T- I, you know what? I, for those of you, I that saw that. Yeah. So, so Coach Nick calls me. I, I hold on to the pictures uh, from the Hunter Chef shoot. I got an opportunity to shoot with Hunter Chef and uh, and his business partner Jody, and had a fantastic time at the Hamilton Gun Club breaking birds. And and of course, you know, we're we're there having a great time. And I, I could tell they're from you know outside of town. And uh, good guys, uh, Jody. 
who hasn't had his license very long, is one hell of a fucking shot. Like, I mean, he, he's he's actually much better than I thought he would be. Well, then maybe, sorry to interrupt, maybe we should have them both back again. I'll come out this time if I'm allowed to. You know what? And and <laughs> we could we could have a round of trap for lunch. Uh, why you know what? why why can't you strike on days when? <laughs> oh yeah, I'll call, I'll call my provincial executive and say, listen, I want to go trap shooting. Can we reschedule my pick a day where you know? Why not? If if Trudeau can have like 45 you know family days, you can get like one. I I want to go shoot trap days. Yeah. Can't, you, can't you? Mental health day. Mental health day. You know. Going going trap shooting with them was fun. I really wish you could have been there. So Coach Dick calls me up. I hold on to the pictures for a couple of days, let them loose, you know, a few days later. And so he thinks I've gone shooting with them on the weekend when he, right? No, was, I, I kind of figured it was earlier in the really? week. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Well, the one was, the one I thought was on the weekend. He contacts me, though, and says, oh, so you took them shooting, huh? <laughs> and so, anyway, I'm actually really looking forward to getting all of you out. You'll, you're going to love Jody and, of course, the chef is a great guy. Uh, Mike is uh, the fantastic owner of Antler Bar. Well, anybody who, who documents himself going out and killing something that he later serves in his restaurant is okay in my books. Yeah, he's, That's outstanding. He's, you know what, he's, he's a great guy. He's a good shot. And, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of fun times there that day. Wish you could have been there. I will definitely make arrangements to have you there next time. Uh, you know, I'll give you plenty of notice. And hopefully you won't be strike walking, right, or doing what Jeez. you do. How was that today? Uh, it, was, it, it was what it was. I mean, this is the first time in over 20 years that all the teachers union struck on the same day in the same location across the province. So, I mean, there's 200,000 people um, on strike today and um, it it was just another example to, to, to gauge um, public support and community support. And and it's, it it continues to grow. So it's nice to see Um, because what they're proposing is just, I mean, I'm I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible. What they're proposing would just do, uh, would cause detriment for years to come in the education right. system. Okay. Well, and you know what? I uh, I know that you uh, keep your finger on the pulse of that situation. I want to learn. I want to learn as much as I can. Well, I have to. No, I mean, yeah. you know, not not only because it's my profession, but it, it, I posted a couple times on my social media. It's it's it's, it's very much um, also a part uh, about preserving the integrity of the pr- profession for people who who have yet to stand in front of a in front of a class and my niece being one of them. I mean, she's in grade 11 yeah. and her two options now are either an accountant or, or an elementary teacher. Yeah. Um, those are her two, her two loves right now. Uh, she's currently doing a co-op placement <laughs> in, in uh, an elementary school in a grade four classroom, I believe for her grade 11 co-op. And, uh, I, you know, if it, things continue the way they are, I'm, I'm telling her now, to to maybe she might want to second guess elementary education in, in, in lieu of um, going to the secondary panel. Just the way the way elementary really? education is right now. Wow. Never mind if any of these come in, I, I, I will be all over her like a dirty shirt saying, listen, if you want to teach, it's got to be high school only. Just the way it is. It's 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 so. Well, her, it's her I think of too when I'm out there. I mean, people can believe what they want to believe. They can, if they want to believe that you know it's all about the money, then you know I'm probably you know treading water trying to convince them because they're going to think I'm biased anyway. But you know, she's my niece is is as close to um, a child that I'll ever have, and she's near and dear to my heart. And and she's every time I walk, she's she's one of the people that I think of. 
Good for you. Good for you, dude. I, I honestly, I honestly, I hope they reach resolution quickly. I really do. I uh, I hope that things happen quickly for for all your sakes. Um, you know, I want to see the kids back in school. I want to see you doing your thing uh, that you do best. Uh, you know, I, I I love hearing about your classrooms. You know, like, like you have you you really are like kindergarten cop in some respect. <laughs> hey, not the first hey, time. Hey. Not the first time I've heard that phrase. Hey. Not, not tr- trying to be you know not trying to sound arrogant or anything like that. Not at all. But it's just that's kind of like <laughs> that's kind of like the my my. AKA is kindergarten cop. You, yeah. It's not a tumor. It's definitely not a it's tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a yeah. tumor. Well, you know what? That's about all the time we have. I, I'm, I'm about out of juice. I don't know about you, but I've, uh, I've got myself uh, pretty tired after a long day. I went out with uh, Catherine Elizabeth and got out shooting with her and uh, one other person, our proud yeah. unknown Canadian, was with us on that trip. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he, he came out. And uh, brought uh, a couple of rifles, and uh, of course we put in the hands of Catherine Elizabeth uh, <laughs> our new Tommy gun uh, kit. Iteration. Yeah, I saw that yeah, too with uh, Cross Industries magazines, which worked really, really well. I, I honestly, it was it was so much fun to watch to see those two things combined. Uh, the, the you know the CGV Prohibition uh, series kit is is definitely still coming folks we're tweaking it uh but we had it out today and, uh, and, and we had Catherine elizabeth and proud unknown canadian firing it and they had a blast but we were using these new canadian made 10 round pistol ar magazines and coupler kits uh from cross industries right these 10 round magazines are clear so you, you've seen yeah. them right yeah, yeah of course yeah so so like they look cool as hell like i mean you've seen couplers on magazines before like the lar 10 rounders it, it really gives it that geometric like pointy sort of these are a lot more ergonomic yeah they look they look really you know um slick you know modern you know and and they and they have a bit of flex to them that i love it's yeah. like it's it's like they're the perfect rigidity you know, and, and, and I think there's four different configurations you can arrange yeah, them in, and they yeah. they kind of couple together in a twisting fashion, yeah, right? Like a little you, bit of torsion going on there. Well, if you've ever seen magazines, like some some guys in the old days used to tape their magazines together. Yeah. So, so bottom bottom to bottom, you would tape a magazine up, and then that way you could flip it around and yeah. and, and load uh, a fresh magazine because yeah. it was right there. So this concept is kind of a modernized uh, version of that with with the ability to change what direction the bullets face the same way you would depending well depending on your training too i would think right they adapt your the way you trained yeah and i mean for for me uh forward forward design uh, with a curve it works what works well uh i've i've figured out a way to change magazines fast doing it that way Uh, but other people may prefer to do it another way now we we made a little discovery the other night Mm. now anybody who who and this is money well spent right Without question, anybody who decides to order these now, you have to understand when you get them, the tolerances are very, very tight. Yeah. Like we were reefing on that thing and then I made a suggestion. Hey, why don't you get a little bit of gun oil? 
Yeah. And run it around the the the, the lips of where the the. Yeah, where you couple them oh, yeah. together. Oh, yeah. And instead of gun oil, because that was five steps down the stairs, <laughs> we decided to use extra virgin olive oil. <laughs> this is an Italian household. It was. We 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 use it for everything. You know what? I so could, just, I couldn't be bothered. I was I didn't I didn't want to go all the way downstairs, so I dabbed a all little the bit. Way. I dabbed a little, a little coach, live in a castle. Coachnik Coachnik says to me, he says, he says, get some gun oil. Right? I, and I came back with a bottle of extra virgin. And of course we put a little dab on the top of the magazines the, the, but right away no it wasn't right, on the top it was around the bottom it was, it was around the area where you couple the two magazines yeah where the together. two magazines come together yeah it, it, but so, it made a difference though uh, didn't it, to, it? To, totally totally like it, right you know, away immediately right, well that that one was particularly tight and so we decided to rub a little bit of extra virgin olive oil on it four and it or worked. five repetitions it's broken and, and we made some pasta then we made some pasta right <laughs> <A little> alleolio <laughs> it was you know what it, it's honestly I was really impressed with the product the product worked flawlessly I uh, I we, we went through a number of magazines uh, we really reefed on one uh, I kicked it around a little bit and smacked it on the ground a few times uh, if you dusted it off and shoved it in the gun it worked it was really good uh, to see those magazines be Canadian made and look so cool and now work like I mean I I was pretty impressed they're nice yeah if I had if I ever finally complete my air AR build one of these days and I'm definitely gonna get you're some. you're gonna get around to it sooner or later yeah. I you know what I, I've noticed that it uh, trigger they've got some of those uh, that's yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw you eyeball, those. You, you eyeballing one of those? Uh, well, not right now not right until now. I get back working full time because of this damn strike situation. <laughs> but would, you, would you go 16 or would you go like full shorter? length? Really? I've got the furniture for full length, 5.56, five, oh, five, yeah. Ooh. yeah. Did, you, did you see the pencil barrel on the one? The little thin one? Well, I didn't want to keep, because I can't, it, it's not in the budget right now. Okay, so all right. Just, all I right. just swipe. So, I, all right, all right, I'm so, like, oh, those are pretty swipe. Oh. Swipe. Well, well I, I hear they're going for a pretty good deal. Maybe, Mark, maybe you can let me put one on layaway. <laughs> <laughs> that might not be a bad idea. <laughs> all right, well, let's call it a night. I don't know about you, right. I'm kind of tired. Anyway, thank you, Coach Nick, so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, and I hope everybody is having a, a great week and stay safe and everything else, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, folks, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and on Instagram. And as always, Canada, don't forget to shoot straight. Stay safe.